morning, church family. Good to be here today. Good to be in the house of God. We're so glad you made it your choice to be with us. Those listening by way of live stream, we're thankful that you tuned in and are watching. And we are believing that if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that you will, because you will have an opportunity. Amen? Before we get in, what I believe God wants us to share this morning, I want to read a scripture here in Ephesians chapter 1, and it's in here in verse 7. Ephesians 1, verse 7, it says, In whom we have redemption, speaking about Jesus, in whom we have redemption through his what? His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Amen. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of of all his grace. Hallelujah. His grace is full of riches. But the part I want us to look at there, in whom we have redemption. We have been bought. The price has been paid. Amen. You didn't have enough money to buy what you have. You couldn't have inherited enough money to purchase what you needed. But Jesus came freely on instruction from the Father to come down here to this earth as the only remedy that could salvation or save this world. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer and always will be. But in whom we have redemption through his blood. Everybody say his blood. His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Because of his shed blood, we can have what? Forgiveness of sins according to all the riches of his grace. According to all that he has to give you. His grace is full of love. His grace is full of everything that you'll ever need. Now, some friends of ours that Barbara and I met several years ago uh, by the name of Mark and Trina Hankins, uh, they're, they're evangelists, and they're, they're just traveling all over the world, but uh, she, she was praying one day, and, and God just kind of spoke this into her, and I want to read it to you this morning, because it has everything to do with the blood. Amen? Now, the blood is not my topic this morning, but I don't think. <laughs> but uh, uh, she was just praying, and the Lord gave it to her. So, but listen to this. She said, God is on my side, for the blood has been applied. Every need shall be supplied. Just let that sink in. God is on my side, for the blood has been applied. Every need shall be supplied. I believe that. I believe that. Nothing shall be denied. Nothing shall be denied. So I enter into rest. I know that I am blessed because I have passed the test. I will get God's best because... Of the blood. Because of the blood, God is on my side, for the blood has been applied. Every need shall be supplied. Nothing shall be denied. Why? Because of the blood. 
So I enter into rest because of the blood. I know that I am blessed because of the blood. I know that I have passed the test because I've accepted the blood. I will get God's best because I've accepted the blood. Glory to God. I say glory to God. Listen to this. The blood of Jesus purges me from every defilement of the enemy. How many believe that? The blood. I said the blood. The blood of Jesus purges me from every defilement of the enemy. The blood of Jesus keeps and guards my mind day and night because of the blood. The blood of Jesus prevents deception and aborts every attempt of the enemy to deceive me. The blood of Jesus is my divine covering and protection against all the fiery darts of the evil one. Fiery darts. The blood of Jesus is alive. I mean, believe that. The blood of Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. So full of life and grace. It perfects that which concerneth me. Anything I have a problem with, the blood can help me. Reconciling everything in me to the perfect will of God every day and in every way. The blood of Jesus. Amen. Now we're not talking about anyone just in general. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about Jesus because it's only in Jesus. Amen. That you won't be denied. Glory to God. Can you say amen? I just love that. Hallelujah. Well, let's get into the Word this morning. Get your Bibles ready. Hallelujah. If you would, let's go ahead and turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Hallelujah. 1 Peter chapter 2. Hallelujah. We're We're going to be talking about actually probably the next several weeks. And this is our theme right here. I'm sure you've noticed this today that we had this sign up here. (laughs) Kind of hard not to see. You're invited to join us for Back to Church Sunday. Now, the Heartland region has, has put this out through all the churches. And on September the 17th is our day that we're going to point to as Back to Church on the 17th. Of September. So you need to write that down in your calendar. On the 17th of September, we're calling it Back to Church Sunday. And like I said, uh, uh, in our meet pastors meeting last Monday, pastor uh, joined with all the, the other pastors in our district. And uh, they're putting this all together throughout the Heartland region. And the reason for this is they believe there has been a waning of church attendance in most of our local churches. So how many of you know we always have room for more? We always have room for more. So what they're encouraging, and what he encouraged us pastors to do, and I'm encouraging you today to do, before September 17th, he's asking us to ask you, each one of us in here individually, to invite five people. However you want to get in touch with them, text, phone, however you want to do that, Facebook. But invite them to welcome back to church September the 17th. So we have a few weeks until that's going to be here. So you have uh, 
about four weeks approximately until we have what we call Back to Church or Welcome Back to Church Sunday. And on that Sunday, we're just believing God because of your obedience and faithfulness to do what uh, we want to do as believers in this local church. I never believe if, if each one of us brought one person to Back to Church Sunday, these, there would be no empty seats. If each one of us just brought one, amen. Now, I know uh, just because we ask someone to come doesn't mean they will come. But, you know, uh, it wouldn't be on your, your side if you asked them and they didn't come. Amen. So we're not asking you to ask someone who is already attending a church, already a faithful member. We don't want anybody else's members. But how many of you in here probably know someone who is not attending a church? Yeah. I do. I do. So, you know, I want to encourage you as your pastor. Let's all get on board with this. Bishop was really excited about it. He said, if you will present this in a way that you're excited about it, your people will get excited about it. So, I mean, I would, I would love to see uh, uh, this many visitors on September the 17th. Amen? So write that again down in your calendar. September 17th is what? Back to Church Sunday. Someone out there needs to get back in church. Someone you know. Someone you're friends with. Someone you work with. Someone you are acquainted with. Amen? Well, I really believe that you could help them. If you're, I'll say it like this. I believe it would really help them out of the sincerity of your heart that you care about them enough to ask them to come to church with you. Amen. Even if you have to go get them. Even if you have to go pick them up. Amen. So what is September the 17th? It's back to church Sunday. And what are we all going to do? Each one of us individually are going to do our best to invite at least five people individually. Now, Barbara and I don't know a lot of people, so I guess I'm just going to have to go through Walmart and just start asking people, do you go to church anywhere? But I will get my five. How about the rest of you? I will get my five. Amen. So we can do that. We can do that as a church. And the benefits of that is to reap the harvest of someone who finds out how well we treat people that come to our church. Amen. There are people out there that need you to tell them about your local church. The best way that you can advertise your church is what? By word of mouth. By word of mouth. There was a percentage out there that Bishop raised, and he said from a small percentage of beginning, like in two, all the way down to the last percentage, which is 83% of the people who come to church is because of the people who ask them personally. It's not by uh, text. It's not by video. It's not by uh, media, social media, but it's a one-on-one uh, conversation with someone like, hey, what are you doing? I mean, give them four weeks to prepare if you have to. <laughs> you don't have to come till the 17th, but we want you to come. Amen? So just, just love on them. Tell them that we would love for them to be a part of it. And the benefits of, it, uh, the benefits of that, of course, is having new people come and be a part of what we're doing in this church. Amen? So would you be a part of this? Pray about it. Seek God about it. And ask him uh, which five does he want you to, to contact. Amen.
Praise God. Those five will be blessed, I'm telling you. And during this time, during this time from now until the 17th, like I said, it's about a month, I'm calling it Weeks of Jesus. Well, we're going to be talking about this man called Jesus because this is what church is all about. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. So these next four weeks, we're going to hear some things about Jesus. Weeks of Jesus. And I don't think we can never hear enough about this man called Jesus. Do you? Amen. What we're going to be talking about Jesus today, Jesus, our great example. Say that with me. Say, Jesus, my great example. My great example. Now, growing up as a boy, I'm sure you all had your examples of who you wanted to be like and who you wanted to imitate or be like. Well, my, my person that I wanted to be like was my father. I wanted to be a preacher just like he was. I didn't want to be anything else, but I wanted to be a preacher. I wanted to be the example that he showed. And the example that my father showed me, first of all, he loved God. He loved his family, and he loved my mother. What a great example he set for me. Was he perfect? Absolutely not. Did, did mom and dad have debates? Yes, they did. Did dad ever correct me? Yes, he did. Did mom ever correct me? Yes, she did. But my father was my greatest example. And I wanted to follow after him. I wanted to emulate him. I wanted to, to be like him because he impressed me so much with the way that, that he just carried his life in general. And he always came out loving. Amen. Never blaming God for anything, but just always loving. And like I said, the greatest example I ever saw my dad was that he loved my mother. So I've endeavored to take one of those things on in my life. Has my dad been perfect? No, he never was. Am I perfect? You're looking at an imperfect vessel who God chose to cover with the blood of Jesus. I'm looking at imperfect vessels out here who have been made perfect by the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Didn't have nothing to do with you and I. Amen? So we're going to look as who? Jesus, our great example. 1 Peter chapter 2 uh, and verse 21. Let me get over here. 1 Peter chapter 2. Hallelujah. If you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and get ready to look at some scripture. 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 21. Hallelujah. 1 Peter chapter 2. I want to make sure I'm in the right place. 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 21. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us a what? An example. Who left us the greatest example to follow after? Jesus did. For even hereunto were ye called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Verse 22. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Verse 24 says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Very familiar scripture. We've read 1 Peter 2, 24 many times. And verse 25, For ye 
were sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of what? Your souls. Jesus is our great example. Someone to imitate. We all need someone to emulate or imitate. Amen. Even as we were young, even as we were getting older. You know, I'm sure you do and I do. I have my, I don't want to say favorite because God doesn't have favorites. We all are equal in his eyes. But there are certain people I like to listen to and I'm sure you do too that you follow after and you like to listen to. Well, you, you want to emulate not that person, but that person's lifestyle. That the, the person's uh, word that they are portraying. So I think it's good that we would all have someone to use as an example, even growing up, even in the natural. But in the spirit realm, Jesus is our greatest example. Amen? Hallelujah. Look here in John chapter 5. Gospel of John chapter 5. Hallelujah. John chapter 5, beginning in verse 19 and verse 20. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, there these also doeth the Son like. In other words, Jesus says and has done everything because of an example. And who was his example? His example was Father God. He only said what his Father God said. And what else did he say? He only did what his Father did. Right. Amen. That's, that's, some good, uh, that's some good advice, isn't it? Yeah. Hallelujah. Now look here in verse, uh, verse 20. That was 19. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that him that himself doeth. Let me read that to you again. For the Father loveth the Son and showeth him all things that himself doeth. Speaking of himself, speaking of God. And he will show him greater works than these that you may what? Marvel at the obedience of his Son Jesus. We can marvel at the obedience of his Son Jesus because those things that his Father told him to say. That his father told him to do. We're talking about the great example that God set for his son Jesus. How many of you believe Jesus had to have an example to follow after? He followed after his father. And you and I, men, as fathers down here, we need to be careful what kind of a godly example we're showing for our children down here. Now look over here, if you would, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1. It says, be you what? Followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Amen. The apostle Paul said, it's okay to follow me if I'm following Christ. It's okay to go ahead and do some of these things I'm doing if you know that I'm following after who? Christ, the great example. Paul was saying, follow me as I follow him. And I want to tell you this morning, folks, you need to follow Jesus. Amen. Follow Jesus. And if we're going to follow Jesus, what else are we going to follow? Works right in line with this. We're going to follow the Word because He is the Word. If you follow the Word of God, you're going to follow Jesus. And if you follow the Word of God and you're following Jesus, Jesus is going to lead you down the right path. Can I have an amen? Jesus will never lead you or take you to a place that's wrong. 
Did you ever notice that when you're following after Jesus and you're looking at questions, God, should I do this or God, should I not do that? When God always answers you, he always brings you what? A peace. I believe God the Father had a peace when he looked at his son Jesus up in glory and said, go. He had a peace because he knew that Jesus was the only answer that could help the sinful world that you and I are a part of today. Can you say amen? Amen. Look over here in Philippians. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter uh, 4. Philippians chapter 4. Are you staying with me? Philippians chapter 4. The reason it's not up on the screen, uh, I changed gears midstream, and I didn't have the scriptures ready for the guys to put up there. So uh, you might want to be ready for that next time. Just bring your Bible. Amen. Amen. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 9. It says, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Man, isn't that good? Look at that again. Okay, this is up on the screen. You can look at this. Those things which you have both learned. How many of you have learned some things since you've been in church, since you've been going to church as a whole? You've learned some things. You've learned some good things, I trust. Amen? Hallelujah. Those things which you have learned and what? Received. Did you know everything that you have been taught, not everything or everybody, receives what's been taught? That's what Paul was talking about. He says, those things which you what? Both have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Boy, I bet, I bet those guys that was, that was uh, running around with Paul seen a lot, don't you? But you know, he was bold enough to say this. Those things which you have both learned and received, I believe we could say, those things which you have both learned and received of me and heard of me and seen in me, you guys do them. Uh And the God of peace shall be with you. Hallelujah. The apostle Paul was assured of the life that he walked because he knew who he was walking with. So he dared to say, hey, you guys, you can watch me all you want because I'm only going to do those things that God told me to do. I'm only going to be a part of those things that God wants me to part of. And if you'll just do those things, and if you'll listen to the things I'm trying to teach you, you too can do those. And the peace of God will follow you. Woo! Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Amen. Look over here in 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Verse 6, 7, and 8. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction. One translation says, in much trouble and much trial. But look how I received it. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm made a believer by what the Scripture says, that the only way you're going to have joy in affliction if you know the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he can take you through affliction. 
He can take you through sorrow. He can take you through pain. He can take you through agony. And what did he say? With what joy? Not happiness, because I can steal your happiness. But if you're in Christ Jesus, I can't touch your joy, because joy is in here. Joy is in here. Flesh is out here. Amen. Hallelujah. And you became followers of us. Listen to that. And of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. Woo! Joy in the Holy Ghost. I believe we can have joy in the Holy Ghost in the midst of what the adversary is trying to do in our lives. Amen? Hallelujah. Look here at verse 6. Now look here at verse 7. So that you were what? Examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. Verse 8 says, For from you, for from you, now, Paul's talking to those people. Paul's talking to us today. He says, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord. In other words, we were sounding out the same things that Paul was saying. We were doing the same things that Paul was doing. And if we're doing that, then in the face of affliction, what can happen? We can have joy in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. And from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Amen. Your faith to Godward is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. In other words, hey, I believe I've taught you well. You can go anywhere in the world. You can preach the word. You can teach the word. And you can have the same results as I did. I'm not worrying about you. What I want you to do is just go. Go. Hallelujah. Look over here at 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Just keep going to your right there. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Hallelujah. Who are we talking about? Jesus, our great example. Hallelujah. Amen. Acts, 1 Timothy, or not Acts, 1 Timothy 4 verse 12. I was thinking of Acts 4.12. have no other name but you know. I'm getting my 412s mixed up here. But this is in this one here is in 1 Timothy 4, verse 12. <laughs> Let not man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in what? Word and conversation. In charity or in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Let no man despise thy youth. Amen. Thank God for all the things that we learned when we were young. And thank God for all the things we're learning now. But he says, be thou an example. Be thou an example as believers. That someone else would want to pattern after you. Now they may not want to pattern after everybody else. But they may want to pattern after you. And if they do, be an example in what? Your word, your conversation, the way you talk. Amen. In love, the way you love or portray love. In spirit. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of us. In faith. It's the only way we can please God. Amen. And what? In purity. Just be real about it. Amen. We all know where we are. In Christ. 
today. Can you say amen? amen? Glory to God. As believers or followers of Christ, we should be examples of what? First of all, we ought to be examples uh, of the Word. We ought to be able to carry around on the inside of us sound doctrine. Look here at book of, the book of Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 1. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 1. We ought to be an example in the Word. Amen? We ought to be examples in the Word. Romans 1.16 says this, For I am what? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also what? To the Greek. I am not ashamed of the gospel or the power of Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? I'm not ashamed of what the power of the gospel can do. I will never be ashamed or back up what I know that the power of the gospel can do in your life as well as in my life. Has he changed you? Is he continuing to change you? Does he want to bring you closer? Yes, he does. Well, it's not because we're ashamed of what he did. It's because we're not ashamed of what he's doing on a daily basis in our life. Now go over here to Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17 says, you've heard me quote this a lot of times. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How are you going to be example in the word if you're not hearing the word of God? How are you going to know what the word of God says if you're not looking and hearing what the word of God says? Faith can only come by one way, folks. It's by hearing the word of God. That's the only way faith can come. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing, and hearing. Oh, he's saying that same stuff again. Faith comes by what? Hearing, and hearing. I'm not one of these guys that got it the first time I heard it. I had to go back and hear it a hundred and a hundred and time and time and time. But faith came. Faith is coming. Why? Because I'm hearing. I'm going to be an example of the Word. Why? Because I'm hearing what the Word says. And I'm going to be like Jesus. Then I'm going to do what Jesus did. And Jesus did what His Father did. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. Look here at 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. Verse 16 says, all scripture. Everybody say all scripture. All scripture is given by what? Inspiration of God. And is what? Profitable. God's word is profitable. His word will cause you to profit. How many of you know it's better at the end of the month to be in the, let's see, which one's the good, the black or the red? Black's the good? How many of you rather be in the black than the red at the end of the month? <laughs> That's profitable. Amen. Sometimes we, we uh, what, how's the old expression goes, we got, let's see, I don't have enough Something to stretch the month. Yeah, there you go. How is that, Craig? Yeah, I've got too much month at the end of the money. <laughs> Amen. And we've probably all been there at one time or another. Amen. But it is profitable. The word is what? Profitable for doctrine. Doctrine is what you believe, what you stand on. For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That's how we're going to stand before God. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Thank you, Jesus. Look here at 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's go over here behind James. 
Hallelujah. Or not behind James. Get over here. Behind Hebrews. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. 1 Peter chapter 1 beginning in verse 23. Being born again, not of what? Corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by what? The word of God which liveth and abideth forever. If it lived back when Jesus was back there and it was working back then, guess when it works here? It works here today. His word will work today if we will get a hold of it and work the word. Hallelujah. I just love that. Thank you, Jesus. First Peter 1, 23. Look here, verse 24. For all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. Listen to this. The grass withereth and the flower falls away. But listen to this. Verse 25 says, But what? The word of the Lord endures forever, and this is the word by which the gospel is preached among you and I. Thank God his word and his gospel will last forever. It's been through everything. They've tried to disprove it. They've tried to make it out a lie. They've tried to make us believe that it never happened. They've tried to bring insult and agony along with it. They tried to prove that Jesus was not and is not the Son of God. But you know what? Somebody that has been born again, somebody that's got a hold of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we just keep preaching that Jesus is the Word of God and that the Word of God is alive and the Word of God is alive in us and when you're alive in Christ the life of God cannot help but portray himself in the lives of believers Woo! Glory to amen examples in the word how about examples in conversation our conduct look here in Ephesians chapter 4 Ephesians chapter 4 glory to God let me get over there. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. We're talking about in conversation. Your conversation. Your conduct. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 22. Hallelujah. That you put off concerning the former conversation. The old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Anything in your past, and those conversations that you had back then, don't have a thing to do with you today. Because it has no power. That old man's dead. I said that old man is dead. Can you say amen? Now look here at James chapter 3. James chapter 3. Now that's right behind Hebrews. James chapter 3. And look here at verse 13. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a what? A good conversation his works with what? Meekness of wisdom. He won't have to brag about anything. It'll just happen. It's just there. Your conversation of who you are and who you're walking with will carry you through the problems. Glory to God. Glory to God. 1 Peter chapter 1. Hallelujah. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 15. You can just go right across the page there. 
But as he which hath called you is holy, so be you holy in all manner of conversation. You know, folks, there's a way to talk and there's a way not to talk. You know, and I know sometimes when we get born again, sometimes we slip and say things like we used to say in, in the former realm. You know, we used to slip here and slip there. And, and you know, but, but that old man's dead. Now, you ought to, con- and I'm, I'm me too. I'm talking to myself, not only you. In our conversations now, we ought to be careful, amen, what we say and how we say it. Amen? Because it's our conversation that we have with each other that people are going to begin to start judging. Amen? And like I said, I'll be the first to get in line. I've not always done that. I've had to many times go back and ask God to forgive me. Amen? Many times. But thank God he's never said, Nope, that's the last time. I'm not, I'm not putting up with you no more. No. <laughs> He always says, come on, I know, I was just waiting, seeing when you were going to come. Amen. When you came to yourself, you know what? It's like what Samson did when he shook his hair, he come to himself. Sometimes we need to shake ourselves. What happened there? And then come back. Amen. I said, Amen. Hallelujah. Now, that was it. We're talking about uh, uh, example in the Word, example in conversation. And the last one uh, uh, that I'm going to have time with is, uh, is uh, you know what? I'm just going to stop right there and I'll finish the rest of them next Sunday because it's all about Jesus. Let's stand.